What's going on, guys? Welcome to the first episode of Crash Cast with Mike Levine. My name is John Croom, and that is obviously Mike Levine. And yeah, uh, we're just starting a podcast because one, I like podcasts, and then two, I work for Mike, and then three, Mike is wanting to give some information out into the world. So that's why we're here. And so you probably don't know either one of us. Well, actually, if you're listening to this, you probably know both of us. And that's probably why you're listening. But I just wanted to kind of do our first episode and kind of hear a bit about Mike's background and, and kind of get that rolling. So like, Mike, you know, where does Levine Law Group come from? Why Levine Law Group? And why law? You know, let's hear a little bit back to your story. Let's, let's dive back into the day. All right. Well, why law? <laughs> why law is really kind of strange. When I um, when I went to college, uh, I honestly believed that there were like two professions. Okay, you could either be a lawyer or a doctor. I mean, and that's just a sad. Uh, uh, that's a sad uh, case of misunderstanding and and. Uh, and I don't know, it's, it's, it speaks volumes about guidance counselors, right? Because, you know, <laughs> nobody actually told me there was something else I could do, you know, oh, a shit, biologist, man. a chemist, or many, many things, you know, yeah. the, you know, going to finance or whatnot. So I only thought there were two things you could do. And I was like, I want really good with blood. I mean, I've become better with blood yeah. as I, as I grew older and started started biting, racing bicycles that made me get used to it and got had had kids so you got to act a little different around when they come up to you bleeding but um <laughs> uh yeah I mean that that was the, the skinny of it that's all I thought I could be so I mean I went from well I was in the military I got out I knew I wanted to go to college and I went and uh went to uh Chapel Hill and that's the only thing I thought I could do so I took courses that kind of geared in that me in that direction and went to law school afterward. And when I got out of law school, I started, uh, I started working for a firm, you know, in, uh, well, after I passed the bar in Wilmington and it was a, honestly, it was a personal injury firm. And I never, in law school, we made fun of personal injury firms. I mean, we made fun of a guy down there and I can't remember. I was, went to law school, in Mississippi, Mississippi college school of law. And the guy down there used to run an ad on, um, new year's about, uh, calling him and he would pay for your taxi cabs and stuff. And he was a big personal yeah. injury person. And we always thought it was funny and how ridiculous. And, uh, we were going to be constitutional law professors and we were going to be criminal lawyers. And, you know, that's not the job I got. And luckily for me, because, you know, once I got the job, you know, in personal injury, I just realized that, you know, it was, I, right now I wouldn't have any other job. I mean, if you asked me, say, would you go and do, work, you know, in this criminal firm, or would you go work for this corporate firm? I would never do that. I mean, because, you know, in personal injury, you get to hear people's stories. Most of them are sad, but you get to help them fight a, you know, a much greater enemy than you realize in the insurance industry. And, you know, and that's, and it gives you kind of personal satisfaction. So, uh, I started a firm with a partner of mine here in Mooresville, cause that's where he was from. Um, I grew up in Roanoke, Virginia and, and went to high school in Wilmington, North Carolina, but, uh, actually where Michael Jordan went to high school, EA Laney, not when he was there, he's older than I am. <laughs> and, uh, 
And uh, I did play basketball with his brother on the basketball courts, though, at UNC Wilmington when I was growing up. But anyway, um, no, man, I was, dude, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a good basketball player. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to get, I don't want to start, I don't want to start flexing on here, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I was pretty decent, but, um, uh, anyway, then, you know, things change as, as time goes by and I decided I wanted to, you know, I don't know. We just didn't, my partner, I didn't see all that eye to eye and I'm, you know, went out, you know, we basically split up and he went his way and I went my way. And, uh, and that's where Levine law group came from. And, uh, that was about five years ago. Actually, I was looking at my lease the other day and it's running out uh, and, and we, I moved a year after the, um, after we split up. So it's been about five years with Levine law group. So, and that's where I am today. You know, we do, we specialize of course in like obviously car wrecks and truck wrecks and, uh, medical malpractice and, workers compensation and, and 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 when you're in this industry and you see you know like i give you an idea i mean people are saying you, we know we have a, a problem with equality and justice well yeah. if you've been in this industry for 25 years <laughs> you've been looking at it for a long time i mean don't get me wrong when i was in law school i had a real good understanding because i went to mississippi college school of law yeah. and i had a little externship at the public defender's office I've had a great public defender there. His name was Tom Fortner. And I mean, this guy was, he was crazy. And he's, he's a really small guy and I'm not a small guy. I mean, I'm six foot and, you know, a couple hundred pounds. And he would, you would come into his office and he would say, we've got to go to court. Uh, give me your jacket, you know? <laughs> so you, you would give him your jacket and tie and this dude would go into court, but he was brilliant. I mean, even though he looked like he was wearing his father's clothes, um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, we go into court, man, on Monday mornings to the proximate cause hearings. And, you know, there was nothing but, you know, black and brown men in orange jumpsuits that they had rested that weekend. And you I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I mean, I think it might have been my first realization. And, and I don't think it was because I, I, it's not because I grew up wealthy. I grew up very poor. I, it was my first realization of, of injustice because it was the first time I could take catch a breath and actually look at it. Yeah. I mean, and that's because I was poor. And so my whole life was, was survivorship. Like, you know, we need some food. We need to get this. I need this. If I want to play a sport, I need to work this job and get this equipment. I mean, it was, everything was geared towards a goal and, and there wasn't any break in that to actually look around and see the world. So walking into that courtroom on Monday morning, the first time and seeing that, I'm thinking to myself, what the hell did nobody white commit a crime? in jackson mississippi this weekend yeah. i mean where are the white people no, so <laughs> to make any sense you? you know how old were you at that time well i had i was probably what 20 uh 4 25 because i had gone in the navy after yeah. after high school which is un insane because i graduated 12th in my class in high school i mean this is really how bad that guidance counseling was <laughs> i mean I graduated 12th in like of a like 460 some people at EA Laney and, for, and, and, and I went in the military because yeah. they, they didn't help me get any scholarships. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't tell me how to apply for college. I mean, it was, yeah. it was, it's really, it was because I was poor. It was, that's, that's well, just funny. the it's, economic inequities of it. It's funny that you mentioned like, that's the first time that you realized, you know, that there's a sense of privilege or this sense of, like this feeling of like, hey, something's not right here. Like, 
the odds don't like being that, you know, African-American is that's a minority. So for the fact that in Mississippi, which I'm not, I'm assuming there's not a ton of black people in Mississippi, like, you know, and so the fact, well, there's that, a ton, there's a lot of, it's a, it's a, I think Mississippi might be disproportionately black. You don't probably it, don't understand that. Yeah. 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 So like, and that's like, but like you walk into the courtroom and it's like, just the only people that got arrested this weekend were just happened to be black. What are the odds in that? Well, cause it's funny that you mentioned, you know, it's like you're 25, you know, I'm 26. And so I recently like just with back in March when this whole quarantine thing started and then, you know, with all this recent black lives matter movements, um, I always was like, Oh, I'm not racist. Like I support, you know, I support, um, you know, black lives matter. I support people of color. Like, blah 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 and I start going on a trip and I remember getting frustrated that I was like oh this interstate's closed because they're doing a protest well geez you know what the hell and then I like took a second and I like stepped back and I was like there's my privilege that was it that was what that's what everybody's talking about and I never really realized it until I had a moment to step out of myself and go well, what are they, pro why are you getting upset that they're standing in the middle of the highway protesting how pissed they are for how they're being treated? Because you Shit, well, your delay. Them. Yeah, your, your 20 your delay. Your 20 minute delay is, is them getting killed and I you're like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. That's bizarro, you know? Well, that's when it hit me. I was like, <laughs> yep, I'm, yeah, white privilege at its finest. And then it hit me, because then you start, then the snowball effects comes into play, right? So then it starts to hit you with the sense of, well, now, not only am I white, you know, because my wife has that white privilege then too, right? Well, then you start to realize like her getting treated as a female and you start to see how that's happening and how she communicates with people. And you're like, well, why don't you say this? And she'll just be like, well, John, that would get me fired. Or it'd be like, hey, honey, calm down. Is it, is it your time of month? Like it'd get, it'd get real, it'd get real stressed out, right? Like, yeah, no, like that, that thing's happened. And you're like, you're like, what the hell that people say that to you? And you better work. You better work on that male privilege thing, man. Yeah, I that's mean, what I'm saying. Well, I mean, what, that's I what I'm saying. And so then you realize, then you realize, then you realize that not only, not only are you privileged and white, but you're a male on top of it all. You could go back in time in any generation and be okay. You see what I'm saying? And it was like this big, if this quarantine did anything for me, it was like this big epiphany of privilege all around. And especially for somebody like me. You didn't learn any of that from me? No. <laughs> well, dude, and that's the funny thing. And that's the funny thing. It's like, you know, I didn't learn any of that from you. And it took me getting hit by a car to really figure out what you did. And I worked for you for like five months, you know? So hey, so. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, you know, backing up, I I'll tell you that was my first acknowledgement that something was wrong, but I didn't you yeah. I didn't use it. Yeah. I mean, I was still, I mean, I look, it took me till I was probably 45 years old, you know, and have to suffer some, you know, interpersonal dilemmas in my, in my family to actually broaden up my, my sense of being and actually look in and have some personal reflection and yeah. realize that. And also I won't lie. I mean, I hate Facebook in, in the disputes that, that, that I readily engage in with people who I consider morons and whatnot. But I will tell you this. Sometimes I see in these young men, these 
you know, who were in their 20s and starting their families, I see myself. And because they believe that they just did this on their own, that yeah. they, they, they just, it, they, 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 they pulled their bootstraps up and did the hard work and, and then nobody gave them a thing. And I used to, and I see myself because I really believe that, you know, I yeah. mean, I really thought that, I mean, I guess it took a while to realize you got to have some bootstraps to pull yourself up by them, right? I mean, yeah. if you're walking around in bare damn feet, how are you going to use bootstraps to pull yourself up? And that's what a lot of people are doing. I mean, that's a simple analogy of it. But I just had to look back and say, wait a minute, I've been really lucky. You know, I, I was lucky that my mother was smart and that she had capacity to reason. She died young, but I was lucky that, that, she, that my grandparents passed on, you know, really good genes and she was smart. It gave me this capacity. So first of all, I was lucky that they went through what they, that they were passed on the privilege they were passed on with regard to education and capacity. And I got that, you know, and a lot of people don't get that. So I had some capacity that other people don't have. And then I, man, if I start looking back on my life, cause at one time I had to tell my life story all the times when shit could have gone damn south. I mean, don't get me wrong. It ain't been an easy life. Some shit's gone south, but it wouldn't have been the same life if I was a black man, you know, or an Indian or a woman, you know, I mean, I, you know, got some breaks, you know, I mean, I got in trouble with a group of guys when I was in high school for shoplifting, right? I mean, we got arrested. I mean, I wasn't shoplifting. I was with them, you know? I'll give you that much. My moral, I had a little bit more morals than that. Now, I ain't like I ain't stole anything in my life. My brother and I were talking about all this shit we stole from 7-Eleven as children, you know? I mean, what's talking about <laughs> robbed the 7-Eleven? <laughs> it's like I must have robbed that 7-Eleven blind and bubble yum and root beer or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I mean, when we got arrested, and we went to court and the judge was like, eh, you guys are all white and going, some kid told a story about him going to college and he's let us all off. I mean, see ya. I was like, awesome. I didn't even, I didn't even need a lawyer. I just, yeah. you know, I, 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 hey, they let me out the next morning, you know, I mean, I mean, yeah. or probably that night. I mean, it was crazy. You know, this, the, the things, I mean, that, that would have never happened when I was in, um, I mean, I, I just, people who don't, who think they did it all by themselves just aren't really looking back and realizing yeah. how many chances, how many times somebody took a chance on them, how many times they got a break that, that, that somebody else might not have gotten. And even if somebody else would have gotten it, they still got that break, you so know? I like that. So like, it took me a little while to kind of, kind of realize what you were trying to say, but you're essentially trying to say just so you know, I'm not the only dumb one on this podcast. So he, the whole point of this podcast, guys, is that somebody's got to balance out Mike's smarts. And that's where I come. I come in to balance out that level of smartness. But anyways, just so I understand what you're trying to say, you're essentially saying that, like, even though, like, you came from a poor family and you've created this sense of wealth for your life and this this life that you wanted to have, right? Well, it's not all there but, yet. I'm still working. But... <laughs> but that was passed down through the family genes, whether that was, you know, you see through the white or, genes. I mean, yeah, it had a white. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like they had the chance at education. They had the chance at, at, at opportunity in which then 
that opportunity then set your life up, even though it might've been poor and on the outside looking in, it wasn't that great, but that's what sets you up for, for who you are today. Yeah. And also, uh, you know, it, just to, to defend you in some way, I, I mean, you're 26, dude, I was probably 24 with some realization of it in a, in a society, by the way, in which we didn't have Facebook and Instagram. I don't even think I had a cell phone. I mean, so, uh, you weren't connected at all. Right. Yeah. And it took, but it still took me 20 years in a radically, you know, unequal justice system to actually look inside myself. And it took some personal tragedy to look inside myself and see those flaws, you know, and, and understand. And, and I mean, and really have some empathy, you know, and humility, because I mean, these are like the two traits that, these people that I'm arguing with and these young men don't have, and I didn't have it. I was an idiot who thought, look at me, look at how great I am. I mean, I don't know. I mean, and it, it that, you know, it's, it, I don't know when you look back, I mean, I try like hell to teach my kids and tr just how to have conversations with my a 15 year old. I'm like, come on. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, sometimes I feel like I'm beating my head on a brick, but I'm just trying to show, Cause I can't, cause what I, one thing I learned is I can't control any other human being. Sure. The only way that I can, the only way that I can help other people is to display empathy, humility, you know, and, uh, and, 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 and through, through what I do, you know, if, if they, they have to see by example, they have to look at me and my child has to look at me and say, I want to handle adversity with grace, like my father, I want to, you know, I, I want to be like him in this way, you know, not me, maybe a sports athlete, not maybe a lawyer, but I want to handle life like him. So I have to handle life and display these characteristics so that he and other young men, which, you know, he hangs around with say, you know, I want to be like that guy. I mean, not just the cool dad, you know, Cause I'm not, you know, some of these idiots are like, you know, buy their kids beer and do this. I mean, it's like, you know, look at my house, you ain't leaving at midnight when you're 15, you know, well, you at my know. house, there ain't no beer at my house. You know, you ain't smoking. I mean, that's not cool. My idea of cool is that guy talks to us, understands us, listens to us and doesn't, you know, browbeat our opinions, but makes us critically think about them. For sure. And you know, like one thing that also hit me was like in the sense of um, opportunity, right? So I think it's so great to kind of like look and see like how even like with the BLM movement and some of these movements, it's like they're essentially giving the people that oppress them a second opportunity to go, hey, like I made a mistake. Just look at yourself for a second and look at the mistake you made and you can correct it. So like the second chances that we would never give them we're getting a second, a second chance. You know what I mean? We never gave a second. What are you talking about? We yeah, locked them up. We've we got I'm a saying. penal system that's outrageous. Yeah, and yeah. and we can't even look back at history and think, well, well, these guys are painting things and tearing down statutes, and it's just awful. We This country came, came around because we murdered British tax collectors and threw their shit in the harbor, man. I mean, they, I, I saw a lady speak, and I can't remember what it was on, but um, 
I mean, it was glorious. And, and she basically said, I mean, at the end of this great speech, she said, you just better be glad that we're looking for equality and not fucking revenge, yeah. you know? And we, and that's the damn truth of the matter. Cause I, cause it's a whole, Hey, when people do stuff that's bad to you, and we all know this, we, we, it takes a, we're not supposed to have resentment. We're not supposed to get, go back at them, but you know, it's hard to shake. We have to do a lot of soul searching to, to see that person again in a, in a, in any type of way. And these are just little things like, you know, they, they didn't let us, or they, they made us wait in line or they made us stop for traffic or whatever the reason. Right. Yeah. And these is, this has been systemic injustice that has had resounding effects on an entire race of people, which by the way, I saw another lady talking who was brilliant. And, um, and she said, you know, we're all the same race. It's what people don't understand. There's no races. We're the human race. We're different from dogs. We're different from elephants. We're different from, you know, yeah. <laughs> other animals, but we are the human race. And the only thing that really differentiates us, if we want to look at it, is where we decided to live or where our ancestors lived. Because some people lived in Alaska. Some people lived in, you know, North America. Some people live close to the equator. Close to the equator, browner skin. That's because yeah. the sun burns the hell out of you, you know? And so that becomes a, re a trait that these people, that black and brown people have, but it doesn't make their brain any different. Yeah. The only thing that's made their brain different is systemic, systemic racism by white people, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's what's made their brain. And that's because we didn't educate them. We put their schools in, in red line districts and didn't give them enough money to, to have the same things that we have. I mean, it is really, I'll tell you one other thing. High school sports is really, open my eyes because when I had to get, when I travel to these different schools with my son and, and I see the, the, the deteriorating conditions of them and I see these teams without uniforms, but these young men who are still, I mean, without the equipment, without the trainers, with that, and they don't even have coaches who know what they're doing, right? But they are, they, they dress up and they, especially with wrestling, they go out on that mat and, it, and it's heartbreaking. You know what I mean? It is heartbreaking sometimes to watch my own son beat them, you know, even though I, I want nothing more than the success yeah. of my son, because it's like, man, th these kids are just aren't getting a fair shot. And that, and that ain't good for your psyche, by the way, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, not having the proper equipment, not having the proper stuff and going out there in front of a large crowd and getting beat down by somebody who should not be physically capable of beating you down because they have the equipment, the training, you know, the coaches, the, the facilities is not good. You know, I mean, it's not, it, it that it, 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 I think it's scarring in me. It's as scarring as child abuse in a lot of ways. And I mean, man, I'm telling you, it, so it gives my heart good to see him, to see him excel. You know what I mean? It, it same thing with with some of the girls that wrestle. Man, it man, you know they ain't had the same deal as the guys, and they're oh. coming out wrestling when they're seven, you know, seventh grade or whatever. Man, and when they go out there and beat some dude, it, I tell you, man, sometimes you might love this kid. He might be over at your house all the time, but man, it kind of gives you a little chuckle, and you're thinking, damn right, girl. You know, you yeah. you trained your ass off and went out here and beat somebody who was physically more imposing than you with your brain and with your skill and with your hard work. So, yeah. you know, those things, I mean, you do get, there's some good in it, but I'm telling you, man, sometimes it's heartbreaking, you know, and I just don't think, 
I mean, I just wish people would look around, you know, and see Pete and see that, you know, we, we are all humans and we all need healthcare and we all need education and we all need houses and we all need food. You know, I mean, it, it, without these basic things, you know, when we don't, then we don't have a, these kids don't have a chance. And that's just really sad. And I think that's all, like you were saying, that's all they're really asking for a chance. And the, and the, and the thing is they're looking at the, their tormentors and, and saying, we understand why you tormented us now treat us equal. And the tormentors are not doing the opposite. And that yeah, is and damn discouraging, man. That's discouraging. That's what I think is so beautiful about the whole situation. It's almost like, Hey, there was some systematic, like systematic racism affected you too. It raised you with ignorance to think that like this whole time we'd all been being quote unquote being treated equal when in reality we haven't. And so you never noticed it. You had blinders on because that's how you were raised. Right. I'm willing to accept that you're, you know, your flaw. Now, will you just give me the equal chance? Like we don't want more. You know, they're not like, they're not arguing for more. They're not saying that you owe me. They're just saying, just treat me like a normal being. Like I would like to go into court because I made a mistake as a kid and not get the maximum sentence because they think it's going to be best for me to pull me out of my neighborhood because I can't afford to live somewhere else because they're worried <laughs> that I might affect, you know, I'm, I, I might just, you know, it, it, if I smoke a cigarette, it turns into weed, which turns into cocaine, which turns into heroin. Like, come on, man, let's be real here. You know, Well, I can personally say that weed does not turn into heroin or cocaine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Though? Like, just, I got some experience with that. And that's not, that's not really how that works. <laughs> that's not how that works. You know <laughs> might I mean, turn it, might turn into Cheetos and ice cream and video games, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But you know what I mean though? It's just like this. They think one one thing leads to another because that kid might not have the funding to go to college, and they know that. They they look at it. They look at the situation. They're like, that pretty, well, backing up. See, I'm proud. I'm proud of you, though, man. Because see, I told you. I said it's discouraging. I because you're see this is this gives me hope here because I said it was discouraging that that white people didn't see this and it discouraged me, and you saw. On the other side, how in, you were encouraged by the fact that black and brown people are given, are, are actually giving people a, a second chance. So yeah. you saw the good in the situation and I saw the bad. So you've ed educated me there, even at your young age, you know, because I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, a, it's clearly a, a better way to look at it, but it still don't, still makes me want to beat the shit out of a lot of friends well, yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> don't, and don't get me wrong because it's like once you you know because like i said i've always been the guy that's been like oh yeah i got i got this friend and that friend and like we're really close and like the thing is is that those friends that i had were the same way in the sense of like thinking how i'm thinking like looking at it going like oh this is just the way it is like you know you'll never understand and that's one thing I've learned to accept, one thing I've learned to accept is I'll never understand what it's like to be, you know, a person of color, to have a different sexual orientation, to, uh, to be a female, you know, like, um, like I'll, I'll never understand what it's like to be oppressed ever, ever. And I can't change that. 
You mean working for me hasn't made you feel oppressed at times? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm talking about boss. It's like, you know, saying that is really But what I'm saying is, it's like, yeah, dude, like I'll never, I'll never actually feel what it's like to be, you know. In that way, no. I mean, no, no we won't. I mean, it, I mean, like I said, I mean, I've had, I've, I grew up poor. I've had, I've been, you know, I mean, where I was, I mean, I've had, I've been radically I mean, I've done everything. I've like been in a situation where I was doing everything perfect and everything right. And, and everybody looked up to me. And then the next minute they kicked me right to the curb and took everything away from me that I had earned. But it's not the same. You know what I mean? It's just not that. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's like, I know about like one or 2% of what oppression feels like, you know, um, I don't necessarily, I haven't been in a place where I'm, we're 50 to a hundred percent, you know, or where people are scared of me or look at me in a, in an odd way or call the police on me for no reason. Or, you know, um, so yeah, you're, you're right. We're not, you're never going to know that. But the, but the trick is, I think right now is to really dig deep and understand it and under, just understand how, you know, how, all this just like our white privilege was passed on to us and and some of the stuff we don't know like people don't realize that that back in you know in the I think maybe the 50s or 60s that they that these big groups came in got government grants built houses and had and sold them to white people for fifteen thousand dollars and that's where you had all these neighborhoods swinging and no no black people could come in there and then you know 20 years later these houses were sold for $150,000, $200,000. And that wealth was passed on to, these, to their children. I mean, and that was just a generated wealth gift from government. So even though, you know, like, like we were talking about, they're not, nobody's asking for, um, you know, uh, they're not asking for, you know, for a give back or any type of uh, reparation that they, they honestly, they just des- they deserve it i mean let's look at it because this not just the privilege but the wealth has been handed down and i just don't think people understand that story and that i'll be honest i didn't understand that story until this movement you know and that's why i try to focus my son on it i try to talk to him about it because i don't want him to be um I don't want him to be 45 years old learning this stuff and, 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 and waking up and being educated. And I'll tell you another thing too, what I, while I was thinking about this is the, the one thing that really is, is very, that, that one of the things, there's many things that are very disturbing about it is the people that just refuse to understand just that fact, how all of this was. And, and they, they don't educate their children about this fact. You know what I mean? I would love for all tomorrow to snap my fingers and everybody just be treated equal and everybody get, you know, a fair shot, but there's not, it's not going to happen if we don't teach our children, you know, if we don't, we don't pass to this generation. It's just being okay with never understanding. Like I think, and what I mean by that is, is, is essentially being okay with, because people don't understand. It's not that people don't understand it. I think it's that, it's never happened to them. So why? Like, it's, it's like the whole coronavirus thing. It's like, I've never seen anybody with coronavirus. Why do I have to wear a mask? And it's just like, yo, doofus. Like, it's not the, like, it's happening. 
it's it's a thing it's like the moment you start to care is when you get affected right maybe just maybe if you treated somebody how you would want to be treated when it starts to happen to you that same person will treat you with the same respect or give a shit when you're in pain when you're in trouble it's like come on when you have coronavirus and the other people aren't wanting to wear the mask what are you gonna say what do look, you, I got, you I got a whole, mean? look, I don't want to go off on a diatribe about the cognitive distance in, in the coronavirus. I think we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, no, we, we, we were talking about that know. earlier. Well, we don't have that much time, but yeah. what, what, you know, one, I think what I was trying, what I was reaching for to say a minute ago is it seems to me like the people that do suffer this, um, what is it? lack that they're just not in the real world they're just refusing to see this stuff they're also unbelievably i've noticed the same people that don't seem to want their kids to do better than them and that was a thing back in the day my grandparents wanted my mother to do better than her my mother in the short life that she had with her children always wanted them to do better I mean, it used to be a thing to be the first child to go to college in the white community. But in this particular white community that can't seem to grasp the Black Lives Matter movement, they don't want their kids to do better than them. They don't even want to send them to school. They want to educate them themselves because the liberal schools are going to change their attitudes. And they want them to follow in their footsteps and run their crappy lawn business or whatever the stupid business that they're doing. They don't, I mean, that's absurd. I don't want my kid, I don't want my kid to suffer a day without a dollar because of the career that he chose, that he, because he chose my career. I want him to be like in charge of something big. You know, I want him to have a, a massive house and, and, and spread goodness and wealth to everyone. I don't want him to be like me, just some little lawyer, you know, doing my thing. Yeah. trying to help people one help one person at a time i want him to be i want him to help be some big have big aspirations and and be and and be smarter earlier you know i want him to look at me when we're old and us sit around and you know and, and him say man you sure were stupid for a long time you know and i'll be like yeah i was because i because i got empathy and you i got humility hey yeah i was i was dumb for a long time you could just say thank you for making you educated. <laughs> of course, he, of course, I don't expect that from my kids because you know what expectations do, man. They just yeah. make you disappointed, right? Oh, I mean, sure. <laughs> I mean, don't want to, you don't want to get to that, but, but it seems like that's the group that we're talking about here. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's, it's like 30% of the country. I mean, yeah. and, 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 and I mean, that's scary. Yeah. It, it, it's an indictment on our education system as a whole, you know, because, we just haven't done a, a funny thing. I, this when I say every time I say indictment on my on the education system. I remember going to Europe like years ago with a friend of mine who's not enlightened at all. Let me say, but we were on a bus in um, where were we? I, I want to say we were in where were we? So I can't even remember, man. It was north of France, all right. And we were, we were, and we were going to take a tour. Um, it was Norway, or I think it might have been Norway or someplace like that. And we were getting on this bus. We we're going to take a tour, right? And uh, and the kid stands up in the front, and this kid's like eighteen, and he says, "How many people speak English?" 
people raise their hand. How many people speak German? How many speak French? How many Italian? Any other languages? Oh, back in the back. Okay, all right. And this dude, through this whole tour, tells us about everything in every single language that was on that bus. There were six different languages this kid spoke. And I was, I don't know why it didn't dawn on me how stupid Americans are at this point, but I was like, holy crap. I mean, I talked after, I was like, you know, you can speak six languages, you know? And he's like, yeah, man, we all can speak. Most people speak three or four. And I'm thinking, yeah, shit. Dude. You know, we got, we, we don't, these morons in America don't speak English. I mean, yeah. well, <laughs> properly. So it's, it's just a real sad indictment on that. And, and, and that I think is what has contributed to this cognitive dissonance, this political environment, this ridiculous, you know, oppression of black or black and brown brothers and women. Cause I mean, we, good Lord, we oppress women, something awful, you know, and I have a, I'll be honest, I wasn't the best. I mean, <laughs> I had my views and I've always been pretty liberal, but I think that I've that I've got a very young paralegal who's, who speaks Spanish in my office and she has enlightened me to my grammatical errors in the way <laughs> in in speaking with women. And it's and 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 like I mean, hey, She's right. I know that. So I'm learning, man. I'm learning. You know, I'm 45, 46 years old. I'm, I'm learning that, that my, my sweetie newisms are not appreciated. Anymore. So as much as I didn't mean it in a harmful intent, uh, hey, you can never stop learning, right? But that, like I said, that whole indictment is pretty sad. I mean, it, it really shows how bad it really is, you know? <laughs> nah, I, but hey i think i think that's a good way for us to kind of close out that's who we are as people for the most part i mean we could go on for days about our beliefs our views and our thoughts but we'll save that for the next episode mike thanks so much i appreciate hey it. listen we are going to talk about what i do in other episodes yeah. so because i do want to give you guys some tips about what to do when you are in you know car wrecks or truck wrecks and whatnot you know, this time I think John wanted to introduce us and give us an idea, give you some flavor about what, we, what we'll be talking about. But I do want to let people know that, you know, we will try to provide information in that vein because, you know, I see people get taken advantage of all the time by, um, by insurance companies. And, you know, and that's just another, well, that's just a bigger group of people taking advantage of all another group of people that, you know, black and brown, white, everybody, that's, that's the patriarchal oligarchical society taking advantage of you know just society in general so we will talk about that for sure i just we wanted just, to bust in this week <laughs> we wanted to set the stage of who we are and what kind of people we are because that you know honestly i think that's so underrated where you know people just go to come like dude i found out that i was about to get a mortgage with some you know people that are you know the people that post on facebook and you're just like you meet these people and you're like this person gonna hook me up with a mortgage will be good and then you start seeing their views and it's like i never want to work with that person like we, what? we don't vibe at all so hopefully you guys appreciate and enjoy this episode but yeah like he said on the next episodes we will definitely dive in and chat a little bit about hey what kind of insurance do you need hey what happens when you get into this situation or hey what's going on in the day today? hey and we might even talk about why there's like 
10,000 Confederate statutes all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, which is absurd. Man. So you guys already know. You're, you're, you're either going to want to be our Facebook friends when this is over, or well, you'll delete us like we're, we would delete you. <laughs> probably, yeah, yeah. And it's probably for the best, honestly. Hey, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not out here to change anybody's opinions. You're just here to listen to mine. So thanks. <laughs> anyway, we're out. Thanks. Hey, thanks, John.